You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Do you still believe that writing down what you want, like the new year is coming up, it's a new year coming around. Do you think writing down what you want, a vision board, like what's your personal strategy that you like to use to kind of be clear about what you want and to get that outcome? Yeah, so... <clears throat> Well, first of all, and I'll, I'll answer my own personal thing, but just for clarity, there's so many wonderful options and everybody, like things work differently for everybody. Like vision boards, I've heard so many success stories. Vision boards for me have never jived, but that doesn't make a vision board a failure. It means just for my personality doesn't match up. For me, a stronger thing is scripting, which is journaling about your life in the present tense as if you're already living your dream life. So from, and by the way, that could be something that you handwrite. That could be something you type or that could be something that you speak. You are now tuned into the Personal Branding Playbook. This is the only show for experts and influencers to build their personal brand so they can make money online and impact the world in a positive way. In this show, you'll hear a ton of solo episodes from me, your host, Coach Chris, but also from top millionaires across different industries and markets in the world. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Personal Branding Playbook. I'm super excited to be here today, man. We had Andrew Cap on again. And if you notice, I love interviewing people for a second time if they've delivered that value on the first episode, man. It's always great to have those conversations again. This time I had a chance to really ask him one of my favorite questions, which is when it comes to the law of attraction, how do you speak something to existence when you don't have any inkling of it being there and it existing? You know, like how do you start from zero with that? Um, I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with. So I want to get really specific and detailed on that one thing. So this is going to be a very fruitful episode for all the business owners out there. Like this is going to help you a lot. Um, so man, tune in, take some notes and follow Andrew on YouTube as well. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. He has some great content, man. I'll see you at the episode. What is good, people? Welcome back to the Personal Branding Playbook. I'm super, super excited to have Andrew back on the show. If you guys don't know, Andrew was on the show. I think it was, was it 2020? Most like, I think it was 2020. Yeah, probably like October around that area. Yeah, yeah. It's been some time since Andrew and I talked. Um, I got his book, The Last Law of Attraction Books You'll Ever Need to Read amazing amazing book it literally is that book like i know a lot of titles are like clickbaity or whatever but that's one title that really solidifies itself when you first start reading a book you get it andrew welcome back to the show thank you so much for having me man really pumped to be here really excited to see where our next conversation will go because <clears throat> i never told you this when i go um like i still put myself out just to be interviewed and make sure i'm available a clip from our conversation is one of the samplers that i include just because that conversation flowed so well and you were so like you brought out value so easily and so seamlessly. I'm like, all right, this has to be one of those clips where I put myself on display for other people to potentially <laughs> interview me. So thank you for the last conversation. I'm sure this one's going to be one, uh, an awesome one as well. 
Oh, man, I love that. I love it. And, and I, I wanted to really get into kind of how the how the journey has been for you as an author. You know, what has it been like the last year? Yeah, it's um, it's been very hectic. It's um, <clears throat> it's interesting right now in the back of my mind because um, I, I just I passed 80,000 book sales and I've been doing a lot of really cool stuff. And people keep asking me like that process. So now part of my mind is starting to go in the direction of should I teach the journey that I specifically chose? Should I teach the moves that I made? And and so to answer your question, part of the, the reason that's such a heavy question is there's a lot there. There, there wasn't like a magic formula of like, oh, here's, here's how I game this website and get all this traffic. It's like, no, the past year has been really hectic because I've been interviewing, put, putting myself out there. And also over the summer, I did this 100-day challenge for myself where every day for 100 consecutive days, I put out new content on my YouTube channel, more like just like as a point to make to my audience because I always preach five minutes a day of gratitude, five minutes a day of doing something that you actually enjoy. If I can go for 100 days and record for 40 minutes and edit for hours and keep that schedule, which wasn't fun, there's no reason, and show up every day, there's no reason why someone can't do five minutes a day of something that they genuinely enjoy. And that was like the vision. So it's been a very hectic year. I've been very um, on mission and on purpose um, doing it and um, having a blast. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy with where things are going. Oh, man, I love that. You've been focusing dialed in, man. This is sound like you've just been out there. And I think that's what's important when, you know, you become an author is you have to be willing to kind of step into the spotlight. Because if your book is actually good, that's what's going to come with it. You kind of have to be willing to put yourself out there. Yeah. And, you know, I, first of all, I appreciate the compliment. I'll say this. You also got to be willing to differentiate yourself in whatever way you can. Like, for instance, I can't speak for other authors. Everyone's got their own schedule. Everyone's got their own responsibilities. Everyone's got their own lifestyle. But for me, right now, I'm still at a point where obviously we're live right now, so I'm not going to do it now. But if I'm not doing anything live with somebody and <clears throat> an email comes in from a reader, I'm replying right away or as fast as I can, which, again, there, there's this stigma of authors that they're, they're too good to reply or they're too busy to reply. That's one way of many in which I'm like, no, nah, this, this is not a fly-by-night thing. I mean what I say, and I'm also genuinely there for my readers as much as I can. So I think it, it makes a statement when they send an email that they think is automated, which it is, but they get a real reply that's personalized. It, it just it puts you in a whole new light and it makes people understand that you're not in it for the buck. You're in it for the impact, man. I love that so much. And I, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. One of the biggest debates I've been having recently is should you follow your passion? Now there are some people on one side who say, don't follow your passion, get a good job and work until you can afford to follow your passion. I'm on the side where I believe you can follow your passion. And I believe what you do should be your passion. Mm. You know, if you love riding bikes, then you should ride bikes and find a way to make that profitable. That's kind of my mindset. So where do you land on the side of following your passion? I'm on the side <clears throat> of following your passion so long as it's not detrimental to your health. And what I mean by that is uh, I'm with you. Like if, if you if riding bikes is your thing, do it. But just make sure that you're not taking lackful action in service to that. For example, um, maybe the, the way you're going to make riding bikes successful is by doing videos. But if the editing portion of those videos is depleting you and you're hating life and the editing part because you're not riding your bike there and you're editing and yeah. you're doing something you hate, <laughs> maybe that's something where you want to figure out how to either outsource it or, or do whatever you can. So I say stay on point, stay within your passion. 
just make sure that the action that you're taking is from an abundance mindset and not a lackful because um i can tell you from personal experience and other things that were my passions it can leave a bad taste in your mouth if you end up going about it in the wrong way but if you go about it with with enthusiasm confidence a sense of joy then you know the money's going to come and the opportunities are going to come and the best part is for, at least from my perspective I like not knowing how and where they're going to come because that leaves open possibilities where I'm not, I can't make up mm. limits in my mind. I'm like, listen, you know, and obviously I'm a law of attraction guy. If I'm have a confidence and enthusiasm, I'm putting it out there. The universe will find opportunities for me that I don't have to think of, or it'll bring ideas to me. I'll, I'll have that thought, but until that thought comes, I'm not going to be like, okay, I have to be an expert in Facebook ads now just because someone else told me that's not really in alignment. But versus, oh, I got this great idea about writing a really cool book about riding bikes and how you can get started. That might be my in and I feel really good about it. All of a sudden you're you're on your way. Oh, man, I love that. And I think that's what it is, is is finding your own way to follow your passion. I think that's the healthiest thing for us all to do, because I'll tell you this. I don't think everybody really knows what their passion is. In fact, I think most people have no idea what their passion is. So if you're one of the lucky people that knows what your passion is, you know why you exist in this world. I, I think you're doing yourself and the world a disservice by not following that and giving it energy and attention every day. How you said five minutes of gratitude. My belief is that you should give an hour a day to your passion. Mm. You know, just an hour a day. It doesn't matter what you do. We all have an hour a day to spare towards something we care about, you know, and if you can't edit videos, like you said, then you can bring in somebody else to, or maybe you have to learn that and stack some skills. That's worth it too. I will say after my years of podcasting, it's worth it to stack the skills to do what you want to do, because at the end of that is that life you want of freedom. Yeah. You know, I had to learn how to edit and learn how to market and learn how to network. I had to learn how to do all these different things, but it's made my life a lot better. My quality of life overall is massively better. I love that. And and if I may, Chris, I mean, I, I'm the guy that preaches five minutes of gratitude. <coughs> Excuse me. It's with the understanding that people have a really busy schedule. And if you tell them to do an hour of that, even if they're loving it, they're, they're going to get antsy. But I still agree with you wholeheartedly because I say this, if it is your passion it shouldn't feel like a chore to do it an hour a day. It should be like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm excited about doing it an hour a day. So I'm, I'm fully with that message. And the reason I preach five minutes of gratitude is because as awesome as gratitude it is, that's, awesome, that's often not someone's passion or not their direction. So uh, we're definitely along the same wavelength from, from the way I see it. And I love the five minutes a day strategy because I think five minutes is such a short period of time and it's so simple. Another question I know the audience is going to have is should that five minutes of gratitude be in the morning before I start my day mm -hmm. or should it be at night before I get some rest? Like which one is more effective? Yeah, so here's why I made this. I have such a bold title of the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read um, because I think a lot of books inadvertently give their way and then like the way they communicate it, whether it's on purpose or not, that's the way. And my answer is, mm -hmm which time of day is most enjoyable and most convenient for you? Because it isn't about like, I mean, I, I'm sure that we can make, uh, do scientific studies and oh, morning is better or evening is better because then you're going into sleep and accessing your subconscious mind. But for me, the highest level in this kind of context, since any time of day will work and give you success, it's the time of day where you can be the most consistent, where you can do it every single day, where you're not gonna miss it, where it's not gonna be difficult. So some people have kids and that makes one of those times a day more inconvenient. Some people have an early or late job. So my ultimate answer is what time of day 
is best for you. When you go through my methods or someone else's, is following them to the letter best for you or is it feel better for you to tweak things? Because for me, time of day, length of method, whatever it might be, the ultimate goal is feeling good while thinking about what you have or what you want or both. As long as you accomplish that, from my perspective, there are no rules, there are only guidelines that are intended to help you along that path and not instruct you on it and, and keep you in a rigid system. Oh man, I love I love that idea of no rules because I think when people read the guidelines or they get the system or the method or the strategy or whatever, they see it as a thing that they have to do this exact way. You know, like you said, the reality is you can still do it how you want to. And it's going to be healthier for you long-term if you find a way to implement it into your life. Because I, what I firmly believe is adding too many things into your life at once is a way to fail at everything. Yeah. You can add one thing at a time, add it slowly. And then as you add things, you have to take things out. So if you're doing that process consistently, that's how you build this amazing life. You know, like if I tell you, Hey, you can take an hour away from social media, put it into your passion. You could start with doing 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. And that little process, just getting started changes everything. I, I love that. And the, and the really cool thing about that is, is, you know, you do 20 minutes a day. Maybe you discover really quick, you know, this isn't a passion. You know, I want this thing that I think is going to be a result from it, but I'm not enjoying these 20 minutes. All right, well, I mean, I can experiment more or I can make a new decision. But, you know, it's like when you when you spoon feed yourself, when you dip your toe in the pool and you, you leave that, you basically end up not wasting unnecessary time and energy and you end up finding what you want faster. And, um, you know, you're mentioning, you know, passion and I think purpose, it come, falls into play. <clears throat> I um, I was on an interview yesterday because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, and, and doing what I can to spread the message. Um, someone was asking me about purpose. I said, your purpose is to be happy. And that could mean, you know, being a musician. That could mean being an entrepreneur. That could mean playing this sport. In the end, it's, your purpose is really to be happy whatever you're doing. And that includes the little things. That includes while you're on your way to that house of your dreams or the car of your dreams. That includes connecting with friends and enjoying your day-to-day -day life to whatever measure you can even if you don't have what you want yet or everything you want, because spoiler alert, even when you get the house of your dreams and the car of your dreams and the love of your life, you're still going to want stuff. So for yep. me, a, a really good life hack is finding a way of being grateful and happy to whatever measure you can in the meantime, because since you're always going to want things in the meantime, technically is all the time you ever really have. So get good at being happy in the meantime. So you have a happier life, which by the way, ends up giving you what you want. You end up attracting the things that you want faster and in better ways than you might have expected since you feel so good and you're not blocking yourself off now that's such a good thing is being happy in that in-between space of you saying what you want and getting what you want that time in between one thing that works for me i do this and i sound crazy when i do it i know i do i just tell myself about how excited i am oh, i'm excited this is coming i'm excited i got this like i'm building software products all the time so as soon as I get the idea, I'm immediately excited because it's already successful. I get excited for the outcome I want, even before it's there. Um, and what that does for me is it plays a trick in my mind where every single day I'm thinking about what I have to do to get that outcome. Mm. And the fun, the fun part about it is I will take a break. I just walk away from work. I will leave my computer sitting here. It could be two in the afternoon and I will go sit down and play video games or read or something. And then a new idea comes to me to get closer to that outcome. So I love what you said about taking a step back. Um, I think that is something everybody could learn from just taking a breather 
and not really forcing it because when you force it you try to force it and, and you try to make it work and you try to push those ideas out it just frustrates you and you end up going nowhere fast yeah yeah and i mean it's a cliche at this point but it's like you know you go to a restaurant and you order food once you put that order in and they go to the back to, to get things moved for you you don't start looking at your watch and watching the the seconds tick by and be like where is it because that's ridiculous because it's on the way and like to try to to try to make yourself work through something unnecessarily to try to force a result it's kind of like screaming like to the universe that you don't have what you want it's like screaming like that meal's not on the way it's kind of ridiculous and me saying that it's almost like a contradiction was well, andrew you do something every single day well how do you explain that i do it because i care about the message i'm not doing it because i'm in a rush to get to a million mm. subscribers like i will take them but I realize for me, part of that is, is me and my passion, but I'm not taking that action of like, oh, I've got to get this. It's more not, no, this is what I've committed to and it feels good. And on a day that it doesn't feel good, which it hasn't yet, but on a day it doesn't feel good, I will give myself a day off. And when I was writing the book, I wrote 200 plus pages in nine and a half weeks, but there were days that I took off. There were days that I woke up really early and stayed up, to, stayed up till 4 a.m. And there were other days where I was feeling burnt out. So I'm like, you know what? I'm taking a breather because I know when I have a healthier, more refreshed mindset, I'm going to be much better in writing this next chapter. Man, I, oh my God, that's such genius, man. Just taking a day off. And I think entrepreneurs specifically fall into this trap of if I'm not working every day, all day, then I'm not making progress or I'm losing money. And I just, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe in hustle culture overall. Any, I, I just don't, I, I don't subscribe to it because when I was hustling like that and I was working nonstop and going hard all the time, I was exhausted. Like I ended up in the hospital literally because I was just doing too much. And now that I don't, I won't even say I don't work as hard. I just don't overexert myself as mm -hmm. much. I don't force anything. Life actually works a lot easier for me. So one thing I want to ask you about is kind of going back to the happiness. Thing. Yeah. Do you believe that we have to sacrifice our happiness for the outcome that we want? No. And I, I believe, <clears throat> If you sacrifice your happiness, you're not only going to delay the outcome, but the outcome that comes is not going to be to your liking. Um, wow. Because, I mean, there, there's, well, also there's, there's happiness and there's instant gratification, and those are two different things. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes you might want, you, if you like going out to dinner every single night, but it's taking too much time away from your business, maybe you would just want to try, okay, let me go out half the days of the week because I got to put in time and energy to this, which I hopefully love because I'm hopefully enjoying the process. But in terms of happiness, you want to be happy in what you're doing to whatever measure you can every single day, because that's where the enthusiasm comes from. That's where you have the bandwidth and the stamina and the energy to push yourself forward because you're not really pushing yourself. You're being pulled. You're being pulled by your inspiration. Mm, being pulled. Yeah. Damn, that is good. And I immediately think when I hear people say, you know, don't buy Starbucks or stop wasting money on coffee and stuff. It's like that. Is that little five dollars here and there really gonna change your life that much, really? But I like what you said. Kind of the counter to that is, no, you don't have to buy Starbucks every day, but you can buy three or four days a week. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I like that kind of middle of the road kind of compromise there because that's something I think most people can um, really understand and accept. Like, hey. I don't have to do everything to the extreme, just in a bit of moderation. That right there is still acceptable. Yeah, and it comes down to self-awareness. You know, for me, <clears throat> I, I've never, like, clubbed hard, 
but I've just like anyone else, I've had a night out where I woke up like hung over the next day. And for me that maybe the clubbing would have been fun, but at some point if I did continue on that, that that being drained the next day, at some point you gotta say, Well, this isn't my highest good. This doesn't even feel good. If if I really love clubbing so much, I need to figure out a way to do it that I don't feel like hell the next day. And it comes down to anything right. else, you know. <laughs> if I really love Starbucks, I gotta make sure that um, you know, I'm I'm not feeling bad about my bank account with the money that I'm investing in all these coffees. Or I wonder if this is an opportunity. I mean, do I, why do I love Starbucks? Is there an entrepreneurial opportunity in there that I can make something better for myself that's going to, I'm going to offer to the world that's going to bring in abundance, but also bring me a new sense of, of, um, you know, prosperity and a sense of, of ease and happiness in the world. Mm, man, these are some really good points, man. We're hitting. By the way, if you're listening to this, you got to get your copy of the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read by Andrew Kaplan. It is one of the best. Actually, I would say it's the best Law of Attraction book I've read because I feel credited to say that because I've read about 50. Mm -hmm. I just like to read. Um, but I don't read books with the intention to say I've read them. I read books to get something out of them and then I can put it down. Like I rarely ever actually finish books. Honestly, I just, I don't feel the need to most of the time. Um, cause I'm reading to get an idea or insight. Um, and I can tell you, this is one of the books I did finish reading. It is a game changer. It will change your life. You got to get a copy of that. Go and get that. It's linked down in the description box down below. So, uh, Andrew, another thing I wanted to ask you is I know we don't have, so you said you don't want to sacrifice happiness for the outcome you mm -hmm. want. Do you still believe that writing down what you want, like the new year is coming up, it's a new year coming around. Do you think writing down what you want, a vision board, like what's your personal strategy that you like to use to kind of be clear about what you want and to get that outcome? Yeah, so, <clears throat> well, first of all, and I'll, I'll answer my own personal thing, but just for clarity, there's so many wonderful options and everybody, like things work differently for everybody. Like vision boards, I've heard so many success stories Vision boards for me have never jived, but that doesn't make a vision board a failure. It means just for my personality doesn't match up. For me, a stronger thing is scripting, which is journaling about your life in the present tense as if you're already living your dream life. So from and by the way, that could be something that you handwrite, that could be something you type, or that could be something that you speak. So for me, I'm at a point where these days I don't I personally don't have a a pre end of year, beginning of year ritual only because I have a daily ritual and, and the daily, and by the way, again, it, that's not saying that people shouldn't do that. I'd say like, if you're, if you're not, don't have a daily ritual. Yeah. Do something cool end of year. Like do something where you write your goals, do something where you describe yourself, like even do something where you map up a game plan of like, what's a fun method that I can do every day. But what I do every single day, which precludes me needing to, to start something new is um, I pull out my phone and I hit the recorder app and I leave a message of all the things I'm grateful for. And some of them are actually in my present and some of them are on the way, but I say them as if they're in the present tense. And then I send that message across the country to my friend who does the same thing to me. I want to stop you right there. Can you give us an example of that being grateful for something that's on the way, but you still say it in a present tense? Can we get an example? Yeah, man. Well, again, I think I forgot if I said this before or after we hit the record button, but I've, I've sold 80,000 copies, right, of my book. So one thing I might say is like, I'm so grateful to have finally passed 100,000 copies and sales in my book. Um, and, and by the way, something is like, even if I have it, but there's a continuation. So I'm so grateful. There's already like a lot of five-star reviews every day. I say, thank you for the five-star reviews. Does that mean the reviews that are here, the reviews on the way? It's, it's everything. 
I also, I personally say, um, I say thank you for the good news today. I say that every single day, whether the good news has arrived in, in that time or not, and I'll tell you, without fail, I get good news every single day. Sometimes it's dramatic wow. good news, sometimes it's subtle good news, and sometimes I don't even realize the good news until in retrospect the day later. But I get it every single day, and if I notice, I realize a day later sometimes, it doesn't mean that I look around like, where's my good news? This stuff doesn't work. I don't care. I'm just saying <laughs> thank you for the good news. It feels good and it happens so often. I mean, hell, in, in Major League Baseball, if you're batting 300, three times out of 10, you're, you're a Hall of Famer, right? I, I'm batting 900. I'm batting 1,000 on that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm content either way. But, but really, it just comes down to the whole key is to whatever measure, whether it's general or specific, get as specific as you can with it, with it still feeling good. Meaning if there's someone that they, they want to be a millionaire, but they don't even have $10,000 for their name, and they're like, I'm so happy and beautiful to be a millionaire, and but they feel like this in their gut, like this resistance, like it's not real and they feel bad. Like, okay, you feel bad, you're doing it wrong. Thank, be grateful for 20 grand mm. first. Be grateful for an amount See, that, that feels more reachable to you. And that's one, that was going to be one of my questions. Literally, my next question is, how do you say if you're somebody who is, like I was homeless at the time. I always knew I wouldn't be homeless, but I didn't know how far I could go. I knew I was going to go far. I've always known that. But at a certain time, my life was kind of like this. And I was down here. You know, when I'm down here and I know I'm going to be up here, how do you talk to yourself when you're, and I know some of you can't obviously see me, but if you're at the bottom, you know, life is peaks and valleys. If you're in that valley, you're, you're down in the dumps and you know you're going to a peak soon. How do you speak to yourself in an effective way to where it's a reminder, you know, it's kind of something that pushes you forward? Yeah, man. Well, first of all, um, in a situation like that, here's the, the the good news and the bad news at the same time. If if you're down in the dumps, it's not the first time, right? Which means yeah. you've been through this before and you've come out and you've survived. So for me, and I'll, I'll go on like a long stream here and, and hopefully people can glean value from it. Um, if things are going bad, I'm, I'm grateful for the, the, the insight and wisdom and understanding that this that's happened before and I've gotten out of it before. I'm grateful for my resources even the ones I can't see yet. I'm grateful for my resourcefulness. I'm grateful for my heart mm. beating in my chest every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every decade that I've been alive. What a clear second-to-second -second reminder that there's something, there's some invisible force that's in my corner. I am grateful for the friends that I've met and the grateful for the friends I have yet to meet. And by the way, I'm grateful that I don't know, and I'll watch my language here. I'm not sure what kind of language we give here, but I'm, I'm grateful that I don't know how the hell I'm going to get out of this because the fact that I don't know how I can get out of this means that I have to turn it over to something greater than myself. I'm still going to take action when I'm inspired. I'm not going to just sit around and do nothing, but since I can't quarterback this thing completely, I can free my mind and I can free the, the universe around me or whatever you believe in to bring answers that I would not have otherwise anticipated. I'm grateful for my next meal whenever it's coming. I'm grateful for the clothes on my back. I'm grateful for the next person who's going to help me. I'm grateful for all the ways that are already kind of crawling in the back of my mind on how I'm going to dig myself out of this. And I'm grateful for the one or two or three that are really going to light up and come into my awareness. It's going to get me there faster. I'm also grateful for the stories I'm going through right now that I know will serve others in the future, which will enrich me even further, which will enrich them even further, which will be an upward spiral for me. I'm grateful for all the things that I don't, I'm not even aware of right now. And I'm also grateful for the understanding that I'm not lying to myself. I don't have to pretend like life is perfect 
Andrew's not pretending my, like my life is perfect. And you know what? That's fine. It is what it is. I'm grateful that people have been through worse, no matter how bad it is, because man, the horror stories I can tell. I'm grateful for yeah. my limbs. I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful for my intelligence. <laughs> I'm grateful for the device I that I'm listening it. to this on. This device where I can text, I can email, I can research online. I have access to infinite information because I just do a Google search or a YouTube search and I will learn how to do something. I'm grateful for all those things, even in the face of stress. And what I'm also fondly grateful for is the capacity to feel gratitude strategically that will help me dig my way out of this even faster and more abundantly. I can tell you do this every day. Yeah, man. <laughs> I can tell. That was like a rhythm. And I think that's so important to have that kind of rhythm with it and build it as a habit, you know, because it's it's easy to see that it's something you do all the time, that it's a priority to you just the way you speak it with so much confidence. Cause I know when I've talked to people about this kind of stuff, um, it's always like, well, I feel like I'm lying to myself mm. because if I tell myself I'm, I'm going to be a millionaire and I have a million dollars and I'm thankful for a million dollars, but I don't have $50,000. It's like, what am I doing here? So you agree to kind of just shrink the number to start there, right? Yeah, well, see, the thing is people say they want a million dollars, but they don't actually want a million dollars. What they want is the feeling of security. They want a guarantee of where their next meal is coming from. They want to live in a good home. They want a nice car. They want to be happy. Can they Freedom. get a million dollars? Absolutely. But is a million dollars required to achieve that? No, no. And by the way, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be striving for a million. All I'm saying is don't give yourself the false illusion, the false premise that a million is this bare minimum requirement to actually be content and secure and happy in your life. They they don't want a million. They want the feeling that they're going to get or they, that they think they're going to get from being a millionaire. Me, I'm in at this space in this moment. Um, you, you can't look at my net worth and call me a millionaire. But one, that doesn't bother me. And two, I know it's an inevitability. And in the meantime, I'm not worried about it. In the meantime, I do know where my next meal is coming from. So what am I going to complain for? In the meantime... Um, I look at my numbers. I, I sell books every single day. Why would I not be grateful for that? I think, you know, whether you're selling books or selling anything, you look at your sales numbers. It's easy to look at those as numbers. Every day I go, those are not numbers. Those are numbers that are representing individual human beings that are putting their trust in me, that are taking not only their money, but their time, which is more valuable than money, their energy and their focus, and they're devoting it to what I put out there on the hope, on the assumption, based on the bold promise of my book, that my book's going to do something for them. Why would I not be immensely grateful and immensely humbled by that? So that's a long-winded answer to the whole million, millionaire, million-dollar thing, but <laughs> you don't need to be a millionaire in order to have what you want. But that's, there's nothing stopping you from being a millionaire nonetheless, except for you making it a requirement before you can be happy. Strategically be happy as much as you can first, because that'll be an easier pathway there. And I 100% agree with you because I did the math on it of like, if you lived a crazy life, you know, if you had this amazing house, um, a new car, crazy car, no, and your bills are expensive, it's crazy, you're spending, your expenses that you have to pay every month are at like 10 grand. You know, if you make 300, if you make a quarter million a year, that's still enough for that fancy lifestyle. Yeah. You can have a, a nice house in a nice neighborhood, an amazing car that takes care of kids and childcare and stuff. And you still have money left over even after that extravagant lifestyle. So I do agree. I think most people shoot for the million because it seems so 
elusive and it seems so unattainable. Um, but the reality is you don't need that. Yeah. Like you can be in a top percentage of earners with a quarter million, you know, that that's enough. Like most people, that's enough. You don't really want a million because there's a lot of responsibility <laughs> that comes with making a million dollars. Like it's not just oh, a millionaire now. Like, no, you have a lot more people to answer to a lot more people you have to help. I'm sure a lot more work you have to do because that million isn't just coming out of thin air. There are a lot of different things that come with making a million. And I a hundred percent agree. I don't think people really want that. It's just freedom. I can tell you what I want more than anything is freedom. <laughs> I want freedom to travel here and be spend my time with my kids and work with this person, do all of that stuff. That's all I care about. That freedom is like at the top for me in front of everything else. Thank you again, Andrew, for coming on the show, man. Let people know where they can get the amazing book, where they can find you and shout out the YouTube channel for sure. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, thank you so much again for having me, Chris. Uh, like I said, I have a funny feeling once this recording comes out, it's going up there on that Hall of Fame and, um, you know, sh showing showing what I can do. So thank you for having me. Uh, for me, very easy to track me down. Um, anyone in the States can go to lastlawofattractionbook.com, which will auto-forward to the listing on Amazon. So you can get it in on Amazon or Audible. It's Kindle. It's paperback, hardcover, audiobook. And if you're not in the States, I mean, just searching your local Amazon or your local Audible for the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. But if you don't want to pull out your wallet, that's cool, too. I'm very intentional about offering free content as well through my YouTube channel. And that's YouTube.com slash Andrew Cap. That's K-A-P. So whether you're getting the book or whether you're getting the free content, it's my sincerest intention and hope that the content serves you really well. So thank you again, Chris, for having me on. This was awesome. All right, man. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Personal Branding Playbook. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at the Coach Chris underscore and send me your questions and make sure you check out the Personal Branding Playbook in the description box down below. Go and get your copy now. I'll see you next time. Woodhouse offers confidence as your trusted auto partner. With 18 brands and 16 convenient full-service dealerships, you can easily shop the latest models, discover a pre-owned vehicle that meets your list of must-haves, or conveniently maintain your current vehicle. And our knowledgeable and local team is ready to help, providing you the solutions to get you on the road faster, whether online at woodhouse.com or in person. Experience the difference with Woodhouse, a trusted auto partner since 1975. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.